Next on BYU Sports Nation, 13-0? Who's saying that about BYU football besides some crazy fans? Get out your blue goggles. Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, stops by to talk about the final week of fall camp. Where does he think Tanner Mangum is heading into week one? And the two football roster additions yesterday, you need to know. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What up? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, August 15th. We are closer, people, to football season, baby. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is buying overpriced churros at a popular Southern California destination, so I'm joined by a man who isn't related to Shep Shepard, amazingly. Jason Shepard. Well, there's, there's a big... Of the baseball team. Yeah, there's a reason why. And I've, I'm not saying anything right now that I have not told to Shep's face. Shep Shepard. Shep Shepard. That's amazing. Uh, he spells his last name wrong. Oh. He is S-H-E-P-A-R-D, which yeah. is just crazy talk. Yes. Uh, I spell my name the biblical way. Yeah. The right way. But what is a sheep herder, Jason? That's the real question. Are you a shepherd or a sheep herder? Uh, I am a shepherd. I was that question. I'm like, I don't, H-E-R-D. I don't know the difference, but I know that you want me to be like a shepherd. <laughs> hey, uh, in addition to the content we teased a little earlier, we will have a fresh between the lines. Yes. Lauren Frankham, Mary Lake of the women's volleyball team. Top 10 team. Huge personality. She's, she's great. She's hitting the streets, the mean streets of Provo. Plus Taylor Isom, who is one of the top players in college soccer. She's a defender. She will join us to preview the upcoming season. The Cougars get going on. Friday at Penn State, we like we're this close to everything starting again. It's not just football; it's soccer and volleyball, which are top ten teams. Yeah, baby. you go from this, you go from the summer where it's you know there's just not a whole lot going on, and then all of a sudden everything is happening yes. at once. It's it's bu- awesome. It's busy and it's awesome. And the latest thing is someone saying BYU is going thirteen and zero. What? <laughs> That's our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. College football analytics. Projects BYU to go 13-0. This is not a joke. CFB Analytics projects BYU to go 13-0. So is it 1984 or what? (laughs) You know, here's the deal. (laughs) Look, analytics are great. There is a place for analytics. I love analytics. But analytics can also, you can finagle analytics to prove any point that you would like. Are you questioning my logic? Yes, computer machine. What do you work for, Blockbuster? Uh, our Twitter question today is along those lines. What's your initial reaction when you see at CFB Analytics projecting BYU <laughs> going 13-0? What are the people saying, Jason? Uh, at Homewood, Jamie R., the quest returns. <laughs> I would buy that shirt. I, okay. I did own the original. I would buy that shirt, too. Do you still have it? I do still have it. I don't. I don't wear it. I think I got rid of it after the TCU game <laughs> that year. Uh, the Quest returns. Please know. Use the hashtag BYUSN and weigh in. BYU 13-0. and Wow. Okay. We're going to read some tweets throughout the show. We've had some fun <laughs> conversation, but let's get this one. going. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Here we go. The regular season is quickly approaching. BYU football fall camp continues. Yesterday they had practice in the indoor practice facility. The coaches and players after talking about high expectations for the team this season. What do you think, Tanner Mangum? We have 
you know, high expectations for ourselves, high goals. And I, I think, you know, I really believe, you know, the sky's the limit for us. It, it's just up to us. It, you know, if we want to execute, we, we have good talent, we have good players, we have great coaching staff with, with good schemes. So it's just kind of up to us. That's a well-cogitated answer from quarterback Tanner Mangum as BYU gets ready for an open practice on Thursday to the public, free, 10 a.m. Mountain Time, gates open at 9.30 at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Enjoy the one open practice for fall, so uh, if you can make it, go enjoy. Yeah, you not only can enjoy the football team, you can come and Jerem will take pictures and sign autographs. Well, at 10, we're a little busy, but at... Oh, that's right, yeah, but he'll be there later. You'll be there after the show. From 11 to 12, we're yes. probably recording some interviews, so we'll do our that, best. That's what I meant, was after. For those two people who are interested, we will try and appease you. Uh, named Whitney and Venna. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and they're not coming, I promise. <laughs> Jamal Williams continues to receive national recognition. ESPN Packers beat reporter Rob Domofsky wrote, quote, Williams looks like an every down back. He has the power needed on first and second down and also can pass protect on third down. Okay, Jamal Williams, if he's not the starter, he's going to get some serious run as the number two look, behind Ty Montgomery. This is a great look, position. Look, he is going to be given every opportunity to be successful. And he's putting himself in a great Absolutely. They are – they love – it's a fourth-round pick. And he's going to, at the very least, be the number two guy on this roster at the running back spot. I'm not as intrigued by that situation as I am by the Taysom Hill situation. Right. He had just about the perfect performance for what he was asked to do when he was asked to do it in the exhibition. Can he keep that going? If he's even close to that, he's got a good chance to be that third string. That's what he's battling for right now. The first two spots are locked up. Taysom Hill, can he make the Packers? Beyond, Looking good. Beyond that performance, one of the best parts about that was after the touchdown throw, they had the reaction shot of A-Rod. uh, Aaron Rodgers yeah. just going nuts, yeah. which was cool to see. That's good. That's validating. It's nice. Former BYU baseball ace Maverick Buffo is crushing it in single A. If you haven't been paying attention, pay attention now. He pitched six innings last night, allowed no runs, gave up five hits, struck out five for the GCL Blue Jays. He has allowed one run in 24 and a third innings pitched. His ERA is .37. Sounds like my first semester GPA at BYU. (laughs) Boom. Senior defender Taylor Isom is named to the Top Drawer Soccer 2017 first season preseason D1 Best 11. Isom and women's soccer begin the regular season Friday at Penn State. Isom will join us coming up later on in the program. This team lost two top 11 picks to the draft, yet they're a top 10 team in the preseason. Let's go. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Camper's going to camp, Jason. Yesterday, BYU held its practice in the IPF, as we mentioned, that has a new 100-yard field setup, by the way, and fresh paint. It looks great. It does look nice. Some notable moments from what we saw. Talon Shumway, a nice grab from Tanner Mangum from about 25 yards out. Freshman linebacker Christian Falau picked off Tanner Mangum. Nicely done. Uh, Bo Hodge. Bo Hodge and the the second stringers had a few passes batted down. Rhett Sandlin, Kenzie Talzinga had a tackle for loss. And uh, a Bo Tanner, not to be confused with Bo or Tanner, but Bo Tanner had a jet sweep, which we haven't you seen in a while. You loved seeing that. I did. You I were on like, the side like, 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 hey, what? we haven't seen that in years. Yeah, you were pretty excited about that. You have to that. be fast. And Bo Tanner told us, it's nice to know you're going to get a jet sweep because as a receiver, you don't know if you're going to get the ball. So those, those are just some of the things that stuck out. What else stuck out for you at practice? You mean besides uh, Bo Tanner saying that 
everybody is asking him about Bo Tanner or Bo, or Tanner. Bo Tanner. Like it's the game, game. everybody's wanting to talk about. It, it. used to be Spikeball. Now it's that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. A couple things stood out to me in uh, talking about this yesterday on our Facebook Live uh, hit afterwards, our recap. I, I've been really impressed, and it just uh, it, it was emphasized even more yesterday. Tanner Mangum's pocket presence. Mm. He seems so comfortable in the pocket. He's, he doesn't have the happy feet. He just, he knows where guys are supposed to be. He's making the right reads. He, he looked very comfortable uh, in the pocket yesterday, and you mentioned a couple of the of the throws he made. The one to Talent Showman was was really impressive. The other thing that stood out was you know, and, and we talked we talked the other day about you know the tight ends being safety valves, but. Tanner, in most of the practices we've seen, and yesterday was no different, he's finding multiple targets. He's not looking at one guy every single like time. like all Bushmen. Yeah, all exactly. Time, yeah. Like, he's, he's mixing everybody in, and that's great because, number one, it gives these guys an opportunity to show the coaches what they can do, but it also gives them confidence heading into a year where that's a position, whether it's wide receivers tied in, guys, you know, somewhat unknown, that are looking to make a mark. Uh, defensively, I was impressed you mentioned the uh, – the, uh, the interception, there were uh, several uh, passes that were batted down. I thought the defense looked really good. They were swarming, if you will. Uh, I thought overall a bunch was, of wasps out it, there. Overall, I thought it was a really good day. We're now a week and change, people, from the 2017 season opener against Portland State for the fighting uh, Sitakes of Brigham Young. We're at the point where the offense kind of gets sick of the defense, vice versa. That's a good thing. It kind of gets fun at that point, right? Luckily, preparation for Portland State actually begins this week. And yesterday after practice, some of the discussion was about the physicality of BYU's receivers. Playing quality Power 5 competition and early in the season means Cougar wideouts will need to create separation, something they didn't do at, say, Michigan two years ago. That's, that's kind of the low point, right? You hope to learn from those kind of situations. Different coaching staff now, different group of receivers. But when BYU plays talented secondaries, from the likes of LSU, Utah, and Wisconsin, you better bring it. And here's what receivers coach Ben Cahoon thinks of BYU's progression in that area. It's been the highest priority of this fall camp, so uh, we know that, that that's where it happens. We've got to win at the line of scrimmage. And uh, luckily we, we have a defense that's been real cooperative, and they've given us the looks every single snap of one-on-ones. They're in our face. They're pressing us. And for an individual, we're working on releases, so it's, it's – uh, been a big part of our fall camp the highest priority you say those are good words to hear in my opinion it's interesting that you brought up the Michigan game two years ago because that's the first thing I thought of when we heard this was and and yes to your point that was the the far end of that spectrum maybe it was as bad as you could get in terms of separation I mean there just was none Yes. I mean, yes. They, the disparity was yes. large. And, and so you use that as a low point and you go, okay, exactly. we're not going to do that again. Yeah. And so yeah. to hear him talk about it being, you know, of the highest priority, I mean, you know, so much of a wide receiver's job, it's all, it's timing. It's timing with the quarterback, making the right reads at the right time, running the proper route at the right time. And so to be able to, to be physical off the line, like Coach Cahoon was talking about, that's huge. And, and it's great to hear that that's something that they're putting a, a huge emphasis on. In fact, the highest. The, the highest, highest priority. priority. Okay, the 2015 receivers, in my opinion, were go up and get them, guys. I think this group is better suited to have more success against press coverage because they are uh, crisp route runners, shorter guys that have to rely on skill as opposed to physical attributes like a tall Matthews, Kurtz, Hauk, 
and so on. I, I think that's good for BYU. Other things to know from practice yesterday. In fact, two names that have joined the team in practice that you need to know. Kyrus Tonga, 6'4", 340, defensive lineman. Unless you're Mo Longy, this guy's massive. Was committed to Utah before his mission. Went on his mission to Kansas. He's back. He's at BYU. He's on the team. He's been with the team. But now he can practice as of yesterday. This is a guy who BYU feels like could be a major playmaker on the defensive line, even though he's a freshman. Just look at the size, but he's got the skill out of West Valley. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, 6'4", 340. This guy is a talent. I I remember on signing day when his name – coaches were very, very excited when he committed to play at BYU. They love his skill set. They love the size. They love the fact that he can be a disruptor. On the defensive line, uh, they're v- and he tweeted out a couple of days ago just how excited he was to, to be able to be on the team this year and to be able to play. Second name you need to know that joined the team, Taipei Vaca. Okay, he is a JC transfer who was projected to be in the O-line too deep. He's now in a position where Kalani Sataki says he could go just about anywhere. He's one of those bodies that can play either O-line or D-line, and so we're kind of waiting to see. We, we, we've got some guys that are banged up, so we're going to wait and see uh, when we plan to get guys back and how he fits into the into the into everything. So there's a chance he could play D-line, there's a chance he could play O-line, there's a chance he could redshirt. So we'll see. I think is in a pretty good position, especially on offense, so maybe he's a D-lineman. We will see. But our Twitter question today is the following. What's your initial reaction when you see at – I can't even say this without laughing – at CFB Analytics projecting BYU to go 13-0. Let's read some tweets. It's winter time. I got to put on the blue goggles for this. I really do. At Cougar Stats, friend of the program, it needs serious refinement. If LSU is 10 and BYU 53 in their rankings, a neutral game site shouldn't make BYU the favorite. I agree. Uh, so what they're saying <laughs> is they're not agreeing with 13-0? What? Yeah. Uh, come on now. At Cougar Stats, maybe if they had a pair of blue goggles, then it makes sense. You know what I mean? It makes uh, sense when I look through this. Uh, at Crazy Coog Fanatic, it's not surprising at all given the tradition of our annual preseason national championship. <laughs> I'm sensing some sarcasm there. I love it. I love it. Keep the tweets coming. Use the hashtag BYUSN. I'm going to keep these uh, blue goggles on. It'll just make The world more, does like, look better. It'll just make more sense. Like I, Everyone's in shape. Everything's going great. BYU's ready for everything. Everything is awesome? I would say everything is awesome. Yes. Okay, good. Did you like the Lego movie or Lego Batman more? Lego movie, but but not I mean not by much. Yeah, Lego, I still thought it was better. Lego Batman for me, believe it. Coming up, Taylor Isom of eighth ranked women's soccer, Mary Lake from tenth ranked women's volleyball, and new between the lines. But first, the greatest backup in BYU football history, Blaine Fowler, and if he thinks BYU could be ready for LSU today. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Get outfitted. We're simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation's happening right now on Twitter, and it's popping today. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN, whether you use the blue goggles or not. But preferably with the blue goggles. Yeah. It just makes everything better. Life is better. That's what I'm saying. Whether it's real or not. <laughs> After further review tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time right here on BYU TV. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, Brian Logan. Look back on the win over Oklahoma back in 2009. I wonder if Blaine, because uh, I know he remembers this. I wonder if he's going to talk about how we were texting each other during that game. Hey, we'll bring it I up. I know he remembers in, it. In it a meant sec. a lot to him. 
Yeah, in a sec, we'll talk about it. Uh, our Twitter question, what's your initial reaction when you see at CFB Analytics projecting BYU going 13-0? and Probably run by BYU guys, I guess. At Brute DR, Blue Goggles National Championship! <laughs> I added the... <laughs> Realistic, 13-0 seems unlikely. Hashtag show your work. Optimistic, this could be a special season. No, I'm, I'm of the opinion that a 10-win season is feasible for BYU. It will Absolutely. Take, it will take a tremendous year, but... Let's dive right in with our next guest, Blaine Fowley. You can watch him tonight on After Further Review at 7 Eastern Time. Blaine, CFB Analytics is projecting 13-0. What's your reaction to that? My, my first reaction was, huh? What? <laughs> what? Who, who, who does this? Yep. I'm, that's so, what I'm saying. I mean, Probably BYU grads. Honestly, I look at the back half of BYU's schedule, and I think, hey, they, they get on a roll then. There isn't any reason why they shouldn't be on a huge roll and roll out maybe with six or seven or eight in a row at the end of the season. But honestly, if they were four and two in their first six games, I'd be pumped. Oh yeah. I mean, to me, that would be phenomenal. Just knowing it's hard to win thirteen practices in a row anymore. I mean, it's it's not win, but to be good, thirteen practices in a row is a hard thing to do. You, you go along and you go, wow, we really took a step backward in practice today. And so to think that you can win thirteen weeks in a row, it's just it's just hard to do. Even when BYU was playing in the Mountain West Conference or in the old WAC, 13-0, how many times did that happen? One time in history, and you were the backup for that right. team. And those were easier schedules than the schedule they're playing. And this year's schedule, you know, we were talking about last year's schedule, how great it was and, but how, and how difficult it was at the beginning. But we knew Michigan State was kind of in a rebuild last year, which they still have phenomenal athletes. We weren't sure about how good West Virginia was going to be. Maybe they were a little bit better than we thought they were going to be. Um, but that schedule compared to this year – I, Wisconsin going into this, I'm feeling like Wisconsin's a legit top 15 team. LSU's a legit top 15. Maybe they're both top 10 teams. Boise feels like they've got one of their stronger teams coming back this season. Utah's always going to be a challenge, even though I feel like this is a rebuild. You know, you lose four NFL offensive linemen and an NFL tailback. You're going to drop picks. Yeah, you're going to you got to rebuild a little bit, right? But Utah just seems to reload and always be good defensively. That's a crazy tough game. That can go in either, either way, regardless of the talent level of both teams. So to me to say, hey, thirteen and zero, come on, that that's like a dream. If yeah. if it happens, it'll be the greatest team like, in the history of BYU. Like BYU in eighty four is coming off of seventy nine, one loss, eighty, eighty one, eighty two. These are like quality years, eighty two, eight and four. But eighty three was an eleven and one season. So you're coming off of all this momentum. Well, and in that, if you remember, in that eighty three season, um, they lost the opener on a fluke bomb at the end of the game, Baylor, and, and then. And then we won. I shouldn't say we because I hate to say we, but we. You were on the team. I was team. on that team. So, team so we got on a roll that season. And yeah. the core of the offensive line, almost all of the defense, all back. So we graduated Steve Young, but, but Robbie was coming back. Robbie and I were competing for the job that year. All the other pieces were in place. Stars at wide receiver, great tight ends, a phenomenal offensive line, and a defense that had been unbelievable the year before and almost everybody back. You know, And then Kurt Govea, Leon White. Marv Allen, Kerry Whittingham, I mean, all NFL-caliber NFL linebackers, four of them, and, and uh, an NFL free safety in Kyle Morrell. And on a roll with 11 wins in a row, feeling like we may never lose another football game. And, and so, you didn't until 1985. So, 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 <laughs> so in 84, we won, and we were getting to the end of that year where I remember thinking, maybe we'll never lose again, ever. And then in 85, we started off and won, won several games. So that was, that was quite a roll. That doesn't 
happen very often where all the stars align and you, you go on that kind of a streak. But you're right. Even that 83 team built on, and, and 82 was a little bit of a step back, but 81 and 80 and 79. And there, there were, these were 11 win seasons over and over and over again. And then, then finally, you have to get a little bit lucky. There were many games in 84 where we get a little bit lucky at the end of a game and we get a bounce and, and we win. You know, I don't, I don't know if we get as lucky as you know I saw on Sunday to win the PGA tournament, but yeah, yeah, to Justin Thomas, right? <laughs> to have people yeah. bounce off of trees yeah, and have crazy. putts hang on the edge for ten seconds, but we got lucky. Just for context, there have only been twenty-five teams who have won at least twenty-five games in a row ever. Right, BYU is one of them. That's pretty crazy. So now we sit here and we're watching practice. We're seeing BYU's development. What have you seen here in kind of week three of practice from BYU? They they really look sharp. I, I mean, I feel like, and Ty would say, no way, and Elisa would say, no way, but they look like they're game ready to me. They, they look like they're, they're in, to the point in fall camp where they're going, let's go play somebody else right now. They're looking sharp. I think the bulk of the offense and defense is in, and the, the players look good with it. They understand what they're supposed to do. Now it's just refining assignments a little bit, and now it's about prep specifically for Portland State and then for LSU. So I, I really feel good about where this team is, way better than I felt about where this team was last year at the same point in fall camp. Yesterday, one of the big topics of discussion was physicality. We talked about that in, in What's Trending. Specifically, though, physicality with the receivers. Why do you think that is such a high priority for this team? Well, first of all, they're playing against three teams that will have a very similar mentality to what Michigan did to them at Michigan. And that is, okay, if they're going to try to throw the ball around, we're going to get up, we're going to play in their face, press coverage with, with the secondary and linebackers. And if they can't be physical at the line of scrimmage and get off coverage, they're not going to be able to throw the football. And then if you can't throw it at all in this offense, it's going to be tough to run the football. And those teams, I'm talking about LSU, Wisconsin, and Utah, their, their philosophy is all very similar, and that's we're just going to out-physically us. So, so these wide receivers, when we say physicality, it's two things. It's just being strong at the line of scrimmage and not, not letting people get their hands on you, but it's also about being crafty at the line of scrimmage. You know, Their coach, Ben Cahoon, is not a big guy, was not a big guy. Try press-covering Ben Cahoon when, when he was back playing. You couldn't do it because you couldn't get a hand on him. He was so quick, he'd put a jab step here, swim through. Next thing you know, you lunged, and he's behind you. And so it's not just about being physically strong. It's about understanding how to get a release, how to use quickness at the line of scrimmage to get away from press coverage. So to me, in in the Portland State game, shouldn't be a problem. They're not going to physically match up with BYU. Now they go down to Houston and play LSU. That's one of the things I'm watching for. Can these wide receivers get off press coverage against physical, athletic defensive backs? Now, I think they have the skill set to be able to do it, maybe better than we've had in, in several years. But until they do it on the field, I, I, I'm not going to believe it. Blaine Fowler is on BYU Sports Nation. You can watch him tonight on After Further Review at 7 Eastern time. Which of the receivers, or you can name a couple if you want, are most likely to succeed in this situation against press coverage on BYU's roster, in your opinion? As I'm watching the receivers, one, the one that kind of stands out to me as the most complete right now is Micah Simon. And, and, and I, don't, I know that's not a name that everybody's talking about, but because he's got outstanding speed, but he also has some shake to him, and he, he's a very good route runner. I've been watching to see who impresses me with a route running. So he seems to be precision. He seems to be like 
Ben Coon says, I want you to do this the next time he does it exactly. Uh, and so I like his exactness in his route running. And so to me, I, I like the way he looks and I like his ability to get off the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, they have, they have speed um, with Tanner, uh, Bo Tanner, who has some shake to him too. You have to be very distinct because is it, is it Bo, is it Tanner, or is it Bo Tanner? Bo Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, I'm not saying Tanner Mangum has some, Mangum has some speed. <laughs> For a quarterback, he's got good speed, but let's not compare him to a wide receiver. So, and Trinaman's got speed. So they've got some flat out, you know, stretchers that can stretch the defense out there. Um, and then, and then Shumway has also looked pretty good. He's a big, strong guy at the line of scrimmage. And so he can use brute force to maybe get off of coverage and swipe guys' hands away and get off of coverage. But, but to me, when I'm looking right now through, through a few weeks of camp, I'm going, who could be a breakout guy that nobody's talking about at the wide receiver position? And I like the way Simon runs routes, and I like that he does have some explosiveness to him, and that combination could be really, really good at wide receiver. We, we found out yesterday that, that Taipei Vaca, who could be offensive line, could be defensive line, could redshirt, as well as Kyrus Tonga, who is a defensive lineman. Both those guys are with the team, possible contributors this season. What type of, of impact do you expect from those two guys? It, it's, it's hard to know yet, but I expect them both to probably play defensive line. So, so I know that Vaca was an offensive lineman in junior college at Diablo, and Oregon recruited him. He was a commit to Oregon, but when the coaching change happened, he decommitted and came here. So that's a big get for BYU, really athletic. Um, but, you know, he played as a 275-pound defense or offensive lineman that's in junior light. college. And BYU, I, I feel like as I look at that too deep, I look at the first 12 that they have on the offensive line, I feel like Mike Empey feels really good about what he's got there, about who those 12 guys on the airplane are going to be and how that depth works, and he really likes the talent with that group, and they've been working really well to, with one another. On the defensive line, the way Elisa likes to call this defense and the way they like to be aggressive and get after the passer, you need to have a rotating group of eight guys on that defensive line. You really do. And, and this just gives them more options. And uh, um, Tyrese is a bigger guy, a true freshman that's 6'5 and 300-plus. And so he can play inside. I think Vaca could be a guy that could play inside or outside. So to me what it is, it offers you depth, maybe another little skill set to look at. Um, because what they're trying to figure out now is what's the best combination in certain situations? Do we move Traditional defensive ends down to D-tackle and passing downs. Do we have four guys? Do we have four guys that we can do that with that are defensive end type? Two of them that can move down and play inside and passing down. So we have four pass rushers on the field. So now I I think he is looking at combinations of guys in certain situations that he can put out there, and that gives him two more big body options um, that, that, that can contribute. Now whether or not this late in the game they end up being there in the first few games, I don't know. We'll see what happens with them. But you can never have too many great options on that defensive line the way this group likes to play defense and when portland states your opener you have an opportunity to hopefully get some run for certain guys as you prepare for that tough run as you mentioned blaine we appreciate the time and we will see you on after further review but first how many days until portland state countdown to the viking 11 days nice blaine joined us that a baby well, I figured out it's four syllables, it doesn't yeah. matter how many days. And so I'm like, how are they going to do this? You're going to have to go 11 days. I figured you had and to do that. it's a triplet. Dun, dun, it's dun, a lot dun. easier when yeah. it's 123. It's so much easier. Yeah, but so. 123 stinks. 11's way better. 11 is we like, awesome. we like being 11 days in one So day. And one day I'm going to figure out how to harmonize with you guys, but we're going to have to practice Oh, you, no. It'll take one second. You and I sang the national anthem in Vegas <laughs> at the WCC tournament? Can I just tell you, it was, it was on point. <laughs> it was on point. Not and, in front of anyone else, just us. No, but I. But Between the lines, it's coming up. It's going to be awesome when we do it. It's going to be awesome. There's Lauren.
Welcome back. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. I was just informed it's not a triplet on the E11. It's a quadruplet because it's four, duh. Because it's four. Yes. 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 Well done. Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel airs Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio. Tomorrow night on the show, Greg will talk with women's soccer head coach Jennifer Rockwood, former linebacker Rob Morris, and this guy right here, Jerem Jordan. One's a good coach. One had a whistle made for him. He was Don't so good. And then there, no. And then there's another guy. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Regular season quickly approaching. BYU football fall camp continues. They practiced in the indoor practice facility yesterday. Coaches and players talking about expectations for the upcoming season. What does Tanner Mangum think? We have you know high expectations for ourselves, high goals, and I, I think you know. I really believe you know the sky's the limit for us. It, it's just up to us, it, you know, if we want to execute. We we have good talent, we have good players, we have great coaching staff with with good schemes. So it's just kind of up to us. CFB Analytics thinks BYU could go 13-0. Luckily, Tanner Mangum didn't say as much. BYU will hold an open practice tomorrow at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Fans, you can show up Thursday. Sorry, Thursday. That's an important detail. Thursday, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Gates open at 9:30. Thursday, check it out. At LES, the open practice in fall camp. Absolutely, I know a lot. I know a lot of people are going to go. It's uh, it's going to be fun. Jamal Williams continues to receive national recognition. The ESPN Packers beat reporter Rob Domofsky wrote, "Quote: Williams looks like an every down back. He has the power needed on first and second down, and can also pass protect on third downs." Former Cougar pitcher Maverick Buffo is playing single A ball for the Blue Jays affiliate, and he is crushing it. He has one earned run in 24 and a third innings pitch, and last night, six innings pitched, no runs uh, allowed, five hits, struck out five. ERA right now, .37. That's pretty, that's pretty good. Speaking of pretty good, senior defender Taylor Isom, named to the top drawer soccer 2017 first season preseason D1 best 11. Isom and women's soccer will begin the regular season Friday at Penn State. Taylor will join us coming up in our next segment. From soccer to women's volleyball, another top 10 team on campus in the preseason. In fact, I think the women's volleyball team is the top BYU postseason performing team on campus. Five straight Sweet 16s, including a national championship match Appearance last season, 29 and 4. They begin their season in 10 days. Libero Mary Lake, she's ready to go, and she is featured in today's Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. During her freshman year last season, Mary brought a ton of energy to the court, and off the court, she has one of the biggest personalities that I've ever seen, so she's really hard to miss when she's in action in the Smith Fieldhouse, but what about when she's on campus in her street clothes without a volleyball in her hand? This is Undercover Athlete. We're here with Mary Lake of the women's volleyball team. She is libero, and she's going to go undercover. Are you ready, Mary? Let's go. (laughs) Anybody here like BYU women's volleyball? Anyone? Enjoy women's volleyball, BYU. Hi. Hey, guys. My dudes. Table boys. Hi. Hi. Hi, guys. Can I ask you a couple questions? Do you guys have any opinions on the BYU women's volleyball team? I don't have that much of an opinion because I don't know much about it. I like volleyball. Okay. I just haven't followed them. No, I know nothing. You know nothing? No, but she is dressed like a volleyball player today. I am. I'm not from here. 
This is going negatively. What are your guys' opinions on the BYU women's volleyball team? We do have it. Oh, no, I knew you had a, you had a women's volleyball team. You okay. guys are good. Have you guys heard about them? Yes. You have? Are you guys fans? We are. Ah! Have you been to a couple games? Never. Oh, okay. I've been to, like, a, a volleyball game or two for men's volleyball, but that's okay. it. Okay. I probably went to more men's games. Ah! Uh, have you guys ever been to a BYU women's volleyball game? No. No! Yes. <laughs> yes, Caleb! Unfortunately, no. Oh, he went to every single game. You did? Um, do you guys know what a libero is? Oh! <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Girl, you look like a great volleyball player. Get it. I'll judge your form. Go. Just setting it and then have him hit it. Do you guys know what like the libero position does? Yeah, the one. If they're important, do you guys think they yeah, should just cut that position good. out? Like not important enough? I think, no. I think okay. It's <laughs> you should cut it out. Okay, for sure. That's what that's what I think too. That's what I think. I heard that they were just kind of like the water girls, but the libero has an important job. There's no way they can win without a libero. So no. I'm like I'm like crying. Libero on three. Okay, one, two, three. Libero. Have you heard anything bad about them? Any bad rumors? We're trying to we're trying to get information. Are you sure you guys don't have any dirt or anything like interesting, like, like juice? Any, like, bad rumors? Yeah, like it's like gossip time. I know. Unfortunately, I can make up one if you want. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I guess there's like the kind of stereotype, like people think like they're usually pretty good looking. I feel like that's pretty. Oh, they're really tall. Yeah, they're pretty tall. Really tall. Okay, let's go back to the good-looking part. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Do you play volleyball? Do you know any of the players or any of the positions? I knew you. Ah, I knew I, I knew McKenna Miller. I also know the assistant coach or oh, really? something. What's Which one? Johnny. I love Johnny. Johnny's awesome. They've got a great libero named Mary Lake. She rolls her runs around. No, she's the worst. No, she's great. She's guys. She could bring strength to the team this year. So I'm on the volleyball team. That was supposed to be a big reveal, but dang Kayla ruined it for June and <laughs> ruined it for everyone. Well, big reveal. I'm a member of the BYU women's volleyball team, and I'm really offended that you don't know anything about the sport. I'm Mary Lake. I'm on the BYU women's volleyball team. Oh, you are? So, uh, I, did I trick them? Did I get them? If you have one message for them, what would it be? These people watching right now. These people. Focus a little less on school and <laughs> your families and come and watch volleyball games. That goes right along with BYU's mission statement. Focus less on your family and your studies and go watch some women's volleyball. Thanks to Mary Lake for her participation. She is one of my favorites. Next week, we're going to do BYU TV sports crew superlatives where members of the BYU football team are going to come up with yearbook superlatives for these gentlemen over here and a few others. And there are some really good ones. Follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore Yee. Huh? Yeah, we're is Yee a new that. letter? BYU underscore BTL yep. using the hashtag BYU BTL. Yeep. Mm, anyway. Yep. Uh, I hope they're in the form of the Banyan. That was the old <laughs> BYU yearbook back in the day. The Banyan? Banyan. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. What does that even mean? What is a yeah, band? Yeah, what, what is that? I don't know. Well, it's not in that form, but... Oh, I can't yeah. wait for that. That's yeah. where Riley Burt's going to get us back, right? I yeah, tried, we, I we didn't get Riley Burt. What? Because he had to do some therapy. I'm, well, no. <laughs> Physical, <laughs> Physical therapy? therapy? Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I was like, TMI, 
We don't need to know. None of our business. He gave us a schedule. No, well, yeah. Now, now Lauren is on Riley's got... bad side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's everybody now. It's everybody now. No, no, but uh, yeah, there were some. We had like Chris Wilcox. We had yeah. Matt Foley and oh, Johnny yeah. Linehan, and we actually had Tanner Ming and Butch Pautam. I haven't heard also. of. Do you know the players on the team? <laughs> I almost spoke. Spanish. <laughs> I almost spoke Spanish. I almost said yeah. "también." This yeah. was the weird. This is the weirdest. Let's you end this. You should put this on your resume a little later. <laughs> hey, Taylor Isom, women's soccer is coming up next. Women's soccer, top ten team, man. Volleyball's top ten. Mary oh Lake, Taylor Isom, we're bringing it. Stay tuned. Between the Lines on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Martin's Collision Repair. The right repair, the right paint, the right choice. Cougar football fans, gear up to follow BYU football week by week with BYU TV's newest live show, hosted by Voice of the Cougars' Greg Rubel. It's BYU football with Kalani Satake. It's an all-access pass for the latest info and engaging discussions with a coach and player guest. Get in on Q&A sessions with questions from BYU faithful from across the nation. If you love Cougar football, don't miss BYU football with Kalani Satake starting next Tuesday at 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yo, what up? Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern time. And it's Tuesday, and that means something awesome. That means it's after further review yeah, tonight. Baby. 7 p.m. Eastern time right here on BYU TV. You can join Dave, Blaine, David, and Brian as they look back on the win over Oklahoma back in 2009. You will not want to miss it. Our Twitter question today, what is your initial reaction when you see at CFB Analytics projecting <laughs> BYU going 13-0? This has been one of the most blue-goggled Twitter questions of all time. At BYU Stevie D, simple math error. Any accurate analysis will have them at 15-0. Well done. Okay. Well done, yeah. sir. Well done. Listen, if BYU is actually 13-0, ugh. That's like the sports rapture for BYU, let's be honest. <laughs> we mentioned the, uh, after further review tonight, it's going to talk about Oklahoma. That win in 2009. Yeah. There's a BYU team that beat Oklahoma this week. It's the women's soccer team. They're ranked eighth. And Taylor Isom is in studio, a preseason All-American. Taylor, welcome to Studio B. Hi. Thanks for having me. We've had you on the phone. Yes. Now you're in Studio B. What do you think of our glorious home here? It is beautiful. It is not what I expected. That's a good thing, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's what did you expect? Um, I don't know. You have lots of little props and stuff. Like, yeah. these are kind of fun. Yeah, you, you want to wear those on? if you'd like. Those are those are women's soccer winning the national title. That's really yeah, perfect. Although yeah, I picked them. Although I don't think that's that blue goggled. Like you guys are a good program, and let's talk about that. For, first, let's address. You go to Norman and you play 16th ranked Oklahoma in an exhibition. Like you could have played anybody in an exhibition just to tune up. But you played a top 20 team, and you got it, went in there and got a win. What was that experience like? It was a great experience. Jen has always said that she's going to make us play the best to be the best. So um, we knew that we were going to have Oklahoma. Um, it was kind of fun. I've never been there. Uh, they came to us a couple of years ago, I think, and we played them in the tournament last year. Um, we were actually their last game, and then we had one more after that in the tournament. So uh, it was an exciting win. It was really hot and super humid. Um, we actually were almost going to get rained out. Um, there was like a hurricane kind of thing. Not a hurricane. I was being dramatic. Kind of super Tornadoes raining. are a real thing, though. In <laughs> Tornado, Tornado Alley. Yeah. yeah. 
we had like there was a weather flash red alerts like practice got canceled and postponed and um, it was crazy but it ended up being really nice for us this is your senior season how crazy is it when you think i'm a senior now I'm a sixth year senior, so like, are I'm, you seriously? I really am. A couple, six, six, couple knee. Taysom Hill yes. thinks that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Haley Steed had seven years on the basketball team. So. Yeah, I actually blow, blew out my knee twice, back to back years. So, I really never thought my senior year was going to happen. Like, I was a freshman twice, and then um, losing Ash and Murph and and Paige, like people I came in with, like that was super weird. So I kind of feel like the mom of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 23, so I'm kind of old. Although, that, compared to football, you know, yeah, like, Taysom I mean, Hill was 26 last year. Yes, yeah. he is old, but for soccer, <laughs> but for soccer, 23 for soccer. is old. Yeah. That's old. Wait, so this is your sixth, so your freshman year, you were 17. When's your birthday? At the end of the school year? Uh, December. December? Yeah. Okay, December you still feel young for a six-year senior. I don't know. I mean, yeah. my, knee, my knee doesn't feel like it's young. My knee feels like it's about 90 sometimes. Is your knee the mom of the team? Yeah, that yes, that is what I am. <laughs> and knees, not that they're that important in soccer or anything, yeah. but yeah, how does your knee feel? Because you play a big role on this team as a defender. Uh, my knee feels good. I mean, some days it's, it's going to be a pain, you know, it's just how it is. Um, but Carolyn and our trainers and, and Matt, our strength coach, really like make sure that I'm taken care of, and they do that for all the teams. So if I need like a day off, uh, Jen's more than willing to let me have a day. Um, I feel like my body does not recover as fast as it did when I was a freshman. Yeah, that means you're getting old. Yes. That, <laughs> yes. I love that we're talking about 23 being yeah. so old. Yeah. There have been songs written about this age. That's exactly right. Taylor Isom, BYU women's soccer, ranked number eight in the preseason poll. Kate, you lost two players. Uh, Ashley Hatch, who's playing with North Carolina Courage, Michelle Vasconcelos, who was drafted 11th as well, both in the top 11. She had a baby, so she's not playing this year. But you lose two top 11 picks, yet you're expected to be a top 10 team right away. Do you guys like the we reload kind of program that's here right now? Yeah, I think it's a great representation of what Jen and this coaching staff and the players who have come before have kind of made. It's kind of like, hey, like, we're legit. Like, people are thinking of us as the Stanfords and the North Carolinas, and it's really cool. Like, I really like it. So with all that said then, and the fact that you guys have won five straight WCC titles, what was it like to be picked second in the conference? You know, it's, I mean, they've had those pickings wrong sometimes. I mean, in past years, it's, we haven't been picked to win, which is fine. I kind of like being under people's radar because I don't think they really know what we have. Um, A lot of players that have been on the bench kind of hidden behind Ashley and Murph and Elena's kind of shadow are now stepping up and we have some freshmen who are doing really well. So I don't think teams really know what we have. Do you know what you have? I'm starting to. What are you seeing? I see a team that... It's just going to go. We, uh, Oklahoma kind of threw us something that we've never seen before. They had like seven forwards. And so as a back line, we were like, oh, my gosh, what are we doing? But we kind of <laughs> weathered that storm. And then in the second half, we turned things around, and we were going at people. Like just being confident, uh, players coming off the bench – our goal came from Britt. She started and then she kind of sat a majority of the game and then she came and had a brilliant goal. So I think goals and assists and everything is going to come from everybody. I don't think we have one player that really is going to going to lead this team. What is the recipe for this team's great defense? Because I mean, you guys return. I mean, you're obviously part of that. You return a really good defense, and that's been a hallmark of of this program. So, what's the recipe for being such a good defensive team? Defensive treats. 
defensive tree. Tell us about yes. that. Um, okay, so it kind of started a couple years ago, I think. Um, the forwards kind of get the fame, like, oh, their name's in the paper and their picture in the paper, and the v- defense, like, works so hard and we get nothing. So I talked to Chris Watkins uh, a couple years ago. And I was like, hey, like, if we get a shout-out, like, we need a treat. So we live for defensive treats right now. <laughs> so I told Brent when he came in, like, hey, I, you got some big roles. Like, we do defensive treats. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to up those stakes. If you get three in a row, you're going to get an article of clothing. Oh. So it's even been, okay. it's even been upped. So. Okay, so when you talk about treats, then what are we talking about? Are we yeah. talking like like homemade stuff? I mean, do you guys get to pick a candy that you like, kind of like the softball team? Like, what, um, what are we talking about? So, you know, like when you go to the airport and you see like these really expensive like ice creams or like you go out to dinner as a team and like nobody can get desserts. But if you yeah. get a defensive treat, like, you get the treat. and So just the just, defenders yes. are getting dessert <laughs> yes. at dinner? Yes. Like, hey, Ashley, I know you scored three goals today. But, but I'm going to enjoy the treat. treat. I'm going to enjoy the treat. <laughs> hey, desserts are for defense, yes. okay? That's, Seriously. Yeah. Uh, as as uh, Ed Lamb's wife That's says, right. yeah. dinner is for winners. Yeah. Like, yes. they lose, sorry, you got to figure it out at home. Taylor Isom, defender on the BYU women's soccer team, is on BYU Sports Nation. They're ranked number eight. Number eight. The the Heisman equivalent in soccer is called the Mac Herman Trophy Award. You were on the watch list. What did that mean to be on that watch list in the preseason? I honestly had no idea. Until right now? or um, No. I, okay. Yeah, nobody told me about it, so I kind of like had to look it up. Um, I'm on what list? Yeah. Um, Most actually, wanted? No. I, had the to, Herman <laughs> yeah. I called my husband. I was like, hey, what does this mean? <laughs> um, so it was... It's exciting. It's humbling to be on a list with such great players, and Ashley and Nadia were on it last year. Um, but like I said, it's a great representation of what this team and this program and players before have done. Um, I think Lindsay was on it, um, and I wanted to be just like Lindsay. I knew I came in as a freshman, and she kind of mentored me, kind of. Mm-hmm. And Jen just told me to watch her because I was injured, so all I did was I studied and I watched Lindsay, and I wanted to be just like her. So the fact that I'm like kind of getting there is yeah. like is a big step. But so you guys begin the regular season Friday at Penn State, team that's dominated the Big Ten. I think they've gone to 23 straight NCAA tournaments. How important is this match for you guys? Not necessarily just because of the the opponent and it's on the road, but just to start the season off right. I think that's why Jen did it. Uh, we traveled to them last year and we did really well. So I think it was a big confidence booster because they were the uh, national champions a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So then we played them and they were the defending. Um, but it and just you won kinda, there last year. Yeah, we did win. We did win. I think it was 3-2 or something. It was an exciting game and their environment is incredible. Um, honestly, I haven't thought about it too much. Um, but I know that Jen's going to set us up for greatness and we have the day off right now, so she's kind of letting us rest and kind of getting our legs from under us from Oklahoma. Um, but it'll be really exciting. You can listen to that game on the radio, nine Eastern, or excuse me, seven Eastern time. Greg Rubel, Paige Barker, who's still there. She was on the team last year. She, now she's broadcasting the games uh, from University Park, and that stadium is right outside of the football stadium. So if you're nearby, you want to go hang out, it's a cool place to go. Have you ever been there? I've been there. Yeah. That stadium is like a spaceship. Like it's it is amazing. so big. The it's football so big. stadium you're yes. talking about. Yeah. Football stadium. It's amazing. So big. It's amazing. Thanks for the time. We want to get your autograph. That's okay. Oh yes. I made it. Yeah, you flag. made it. Yes. Hey, by the way, this interview you earned a treat for this interview, by the way. A defensive Perfect. treat. I will make sure Jen knows. We'll check with compliance and we'll see what we can get you. <laughs> Taylor, Perfect. we we appreciate the time. Hey, thank you. Thank you.
Making dreams come true in Studio C. Of course, the team uh, starts season Friday, as we mentioned. Exciting, exciting times on campus. Coming up, what happens every day? It's the Cougar Whip Around. Taylor signs the flag. You know who has the tallest autograph up on the flag? Yoli Childs. How about that? The Whip's coming up next. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to our guests today, Blaine Fowler, Taylor Ice, and Mary Lake, Lauren Frankham. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Future guests include Greg Rubel, as well as two-on-ones with Bo Tanner, not Bo or Tanner. Yeah, yeah. Bo Tanner and General Guilford. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. As the regular season quickly approaches, BYU football fall camp continues. Coaches, players have high expectations for the team heading into this season. BYU will hold an open practice coming up on Thursday at 10 a.m. at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It is open to the public and free. Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams continues to receive some recognition. ESPN Packers beat reporter Rob Domovsky wrote, Williams looks like in every down back. He has the power needed on first, second down. Also can pass protect on third down. Soccer. Senior defender Taylor Isom named to the top drawer soccer 2017 first season preseason D1 best 11. Isom and the women's soccer team begin the regular season Friday at Penn State. Cougars in the minors. Isom. Former BYU baseball ace Maverick Buffo killing it in the minors. Single A last night, six innings pitched, but gave up five hits. Struck out five, no earned runs allowed in 24 and a third. Well, one run in 24 and a third. .37 ERA currently. Jacob Brugman went one for four with a strikeout for the Nashville Sounds and a loss to the Memphis Redbirds. Brendan Lund, three for five last night for the Mobile Bay Bears. Jacob Hanneman, two for five with a run in an Iowa Cubs win over the Omaha Storm Chasers. And Daniel Schneeman, who's not in the minors, but he's still on BYU's team. Four for five last night. King Creeland, one for four. Nicely done. Today's Rise Chat brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Helping you need most, DexterLaw.com. How about the women's soccer and volleyball? Preseason top ten teams featured today with Taylor Isom and Mary Lake. They are crushing it so far. I like it. Love it. Well deserved. They haven't played. Really, yet, kind of. But they are expected to be really good. What is your initial reaction when you see at CFB Analytics projecting BYU going 13-0? I really can't finish that sentence without smiling or laughing. At Milton underscore Rat. Sounds about right. It's not an overreaction until they project 15-0. What? Our elite tweet of the day. At Zach Dustin. Love this. I'll name my next child Cosmo if that happens. I've yet to discuss that with my wife. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. We're holding you to that. She'll be fine with it, We're I'm holding sure. you to that I'm if sure BYU goes cool undefeated. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Brendan Gaskins and Jason Munz. How about that? Yes, very nice. Joy Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon. Eastern time Cougar sale, Cougar kickoff today if you're local. Come hang out tonight. Pause field. We'll see you there.